0: Welcome back to Left Anchor. I'm Alexi the Greek. And I'm Ryan Cooper. We have uh, the American Prospects executive editor, David Dayen, back for another appearance. Um, my boss here, so I'll try to be more polite than usual. Um, welcome, David.
1: Good to be back.
0: So we had a whole, we had a, a plan here. We we're going to talk about the Salton Sea, but I think first we got to talk about Sam Bankman fried um, just as I was coming home, uh, from dinner, news broke that Sam Bankman Freed has been arrested by the Bahamian uh, government, um, after the U S attorney from the Southern district of New York showed them a sealed indictment and he's expected to be extradited to, uh, the United States. So David, you were on Jon Stewart's podcast talking about Sam Bankman Freed, um, and
1: he was sorry. I didn't give you the exclusive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll, uh, we'll, we'll let it slide this one time. Um, but, uh, you know, he was going to do these hearings. Um, uh, and that's probably out of the question. Um, what do you think this means? Like in an immediate sense, in terms of the whole, like crypto, uh, political discussion?
1: Well, I, I just think it's funny that, uh, this guy picked the one tax haven in the Caribbean where we do have an extradition treaty. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> do, do a little more research next time. But um, I mean, I think this was inevitable. I actually did predict on uh, Jon Stewart's podcast that he would be arrested eventually. And I didn't necessarily think it was going to happen this week. But uh, I, I think that when you look at the fact pattern of what we know about it, and even more information came out when the appointed CEO of FTX, uh, I believe his name is Mr. John Ray, who has he's sort of one of these guys who's a serial cleaner up of fraudulent enterprises, like he, uh, he dealt with the uh, Enron bankruptcy. He was appointed in that process as well. And he gave testimony in this this uh, hearing that SBF was supposed to be at. He also was scheduled to testify. And I assume that testimony will still go forward. And he uh, he gave more information. I mean, he's sitting there. He has access to all the files. He's digging through whatever he needs to dig through. And he gave some more information on that in his prepared testimony and one of the things he said was among uh, the losses was a billion dollars given as loans and payments to, quote, unquote, insiders, uh, which <laughs> is kind of a no-no, right? Um, you know, as if this wasn't bad enough that you didn't segregate customer funds and instead use them to place big bets that you lost, uh, apparently you just handed out the money like like parting gifts on the dating game. So, uh, obviously, uh, there was some, some criminal uh, activity contemplated and executed in this, uh, in this situation. So, no surprise to me that he's going down for it. I, I do think that what we're seeing elsewhere in the crypto world actually is more, uh, uh, more perilous for the enterprise as a whole. So, uh earlier this week both uh two of the remaining uh, uh uh exchanges Binance and I believe Coinbase uh put out what they called a proof of reserve report um that was done by this uh this accounting firm called Mazars that uh, which was the firm by the way that Trump used but uh, set that aside. Um the these proof of reserve reports have I think three numbers on them? <laughs> like they're supposed to give people confidence. That as these long as there are numbers, are- Dave. As long
0: as there are numbers, <laughs> that's what matters.
1: <laughs> they're supposed to give people confidence that these exchanges are, you know, thoroughgoing enterprises. And I think there's a big, giant, whopping disclaimer at the top of them that says this really uh, is is a preliminary and doesn't really uh, explain the extent of the uh, of the accounting at these companies and they just, they clearly were BS, uh, these papers and, uh, questions remain about the stability of the finances at these other exchanges. And, and really with the de- demise of FDX finance and, and Coinbase are, are pretty much the, the main games in town. So, uh, I, I, th- I see more pain in the future of, uh, the crypto industry.
0: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, when the when the Financial Times got a hold of FTX's balance sheet, quote unquote, um, it was like a Google Doc and one of the cells said hidden poorly internally labeled fiat account. And it had Why? negative ah. eight billion dollars in it. <laughs> like, what what is that? <laughs> and I I guess it goes to show you that you know, you
1: do that you do that on your on your checkbook, right? You just oh uh, I screwed up by 8 billion on my checkbook. I'll just put in a, a line item adjustment here and then I'll get back to the proper accounting.
0: Yeah, and I mean I think it that and the um these 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 documents coming out of Binance and Coinbase and then also there's reporting that Tether, which is the biggest stablecoin if I'm not mistaken, that's under yeah. suspicion now because they may have been loaning their coins to their customers instead of taking, you know, it's supposed to be one to one, $1 right. of assets per one stable coin. And right. now you've got loans on there and loans are more risky than like liquid assets. Uh, so, right. you know, if, w- if what that is a stable
1: up- coin? If I may ask, what's a stable coin? A stable coin is, uh, uh an attempt to recreate the dollar. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it is, I mean, yep. uh, Bit It's a way for people to trade in digital assets without the volatility of digital assets. So, you know, if you trade in Bitcoin and Bitcoin goes from $40,000 to $17,000, you have a problem. Suddenly you can't buy as much if that's what your account. But if your account is in a stable coin, it's basically pegged to the U.S. dollar. Uh, and then you can do your trading in digital assets summarily. Uh, why we needed to recreate the dollar is a question maybe for another time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, in fact, I wrote a piece last week that showed that, in fact, all the major stable coins are, are, uh, put, are being issued by firms that are under investigation by the U.S. government in one way or another. And, and so this entire enterprise is built on a house of sand. And, uh, you know, the other funny thing I saw was that FTX had this internal chat group and the name of the internal chat group was wire fraud. So, (laughs) you know, they, they weren't exactly subtle about, uh, their, their, their various aims. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this, it just does not look good for, for crypto writ large.
0: Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. But if you take customer money and you're promising to hold it in an exchange, not a bank, you know, so that you can, like, move it around, not invest it in somewhere else, uh, every time you do that would be wire fraud, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Certainly, if, uh, if there was lending going on, particularly payments to insiders and lending to insiders... Uh, that would absolutely constitute fraud. Now, it may have not been done in the United States, and there are issues there. Um, but clearly, uh, and we're going to see the sealed indictment on Tuesday. They're going to unseal it. Uh, clearly, there's just a ton of smoke here. There's also questions as to whether FTX had a role in the implosion of another stablecoin, which was Terra. Uh, Terra and Luna were it was this algorithmic stablecoin. Uh, that was supposed to correct itself uh, and always stay at the $1 peg uh, didn't work out that way. And apparently uh, uh, FTX trading on Terra may have played a role in the volatility volatility that led to its demise. There's just a whole mess and mountain of fraud here. And it's not like we're, we're that far away from 2008 when the mortgage market, market was essentially a big mountain of fraud. Um, uh, you have to say that whereas it took uh uh the obama administration infinity years to prosecute anyone uh in connection with its large fraud that happened actually before its watch um in this case uh the biden administration's uh, justice department took all of one month before making a, uh an an arrest here
0: yeah and and this was the co- the question i was um building up towards was that, do you think this could potentially be a new era of accountability? Because as you say, you know, you had epic, epic fraud, you know, whether or not people got convicted for it. I mean, all these banks have had to pay numerous settlements. Um, You know, usually for a long time, it was like, you didn't have to admit fault, but you'd pay the SEC, you know, a hundred million dollars. $2 $2 billion for basically defrauding investors. Um, nobody went to jail except for one guy, uh, over the, the housing bubble. And then you had this, you know, industrial scale mortgage document fraud, as you wrote about in your book, Chain of Title. Um, right. You know, the the banks, uh, these servicers had uh, the 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 mortgage note, the mortgage paperwork uh, had been all mixed up and lost in the process of slicing and dicing all of these mortgage backed securities and collateralized debt obligations. So when they're going to foreclose on people, they didn't have the documents. So they just made them up, you know, like right. probably millions of them. Um, mm-hmm. just to have you know the stamps right, you know, and so they had these guys making like thirteen yeah. bucks an hour, uh, just doing document fraud like a hundred times a day, you know,
1: signing other people's names. Yeah, yeah. For- mass forgery, mass fabrication documents used in courts, uh, as, as legal instruments. Yeah, yeah.
0: and like a, I think a, a a few low level people got busted for that, but none of the the big chief Lorraine,
1: yeah, Lorraine Brown who ran. Uh, Docx, which was one of these document fraud and fabrication shops uh, down Alpharetta, Georgia. She did go to jail uh, for a few years, um, but uh, incredibly, uh, in that uh, in that conviction, they said that she was acting as a conspiracy of one, even though she had customers. Right? <laughs> I mean, like she was she was making the documents for somebody, but apparently. Uh, Those those people were were just innocent dupes to this one woman mastermind scheme to mass produce millions and millions of documents.
0: And that seems that that culture of impunity we've had for the last, you know, 15 years plus seems I would think, to be uh, bearing fruit in uh, SBF and these just comically ridiculous uh, balance sheets to where, you know, the Enron guy's like, this is way worse than anything I've ever seen in yeah. my entire career. Like this is, you know, Fisher Price, you know, baby's first like spreadsheet that's just like ridiculously uh fraudulent, and it's like these guys thought they could do whatever they wanted. They didn't have to yeah. follow any laws or rules or anything when you're do a you star, think, yeah. they let you do it, you yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Trump too, well, the way that he got away with everything, so I mean, yeah. maybe this is a potential I mean, I guess we'll have to see how it shakes out, but to, to be like, no, there are certain things you can't do, even if you're a billionaire.
1: I certainly hope so. uh y- you know, I mean, to the extent that we get accountability in this country for these types of situations, it's usually because you ripped off rich people. So like <laughs> Elizabeth Holmes go, goes to jail because she, she uh, defrauded investors. So she defrauded the wrong person, Rupert Murdoch and uh, all the other people who she duped into investing in fairness. Like Ma- Madoff, uh, this case,
0: same thing with Madoff.
1: Yeah. I mean, Madoff confessed. So, you know, it wasn't that hard to get them. Right? <laughs> um, uh, but there, yeah, I mean that, you raise a good point. In, in 2012, when the Obama uh, campaign was going up against Mitt Romney, they ran this, uh, this ad that tried to tie Mitt Romney to Wall Street. And they tried to tie him to a bunch of people who went to jail. And the Obama administration couldn't find a single person That they actually put in jail. So the ad is Bernie Madoff and the Enron guys and one of these guys, uh, Dennis Kozlowski from Tyco. Uh, They they could not fill – they couldn't count to three or even one on uh, individuals, corporate uh, CEOs, corporate uh, uh, titans who they brought down specifically.
0: That's the end of the preview, folks. As usual, we like to mention that this podcast is sponsored by the American Prospect magazine. So if you want to listen to the whole thing, uh, you could subscribe at $5 a month. If you want that plus a free subscription to the website, uh, plus the opportunity for a steeply discounted print subscription, you can do that if you so wish at $10 a month. And uh, otherwise, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.